All right, so once again, we are in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and chapter 5 is where we are after we finish reading. Um, I, I kind of, I always make it and it's geared towards the youth, uh, just something just to kind of um, help them understand it, uh, <clears throat> understand the, uh, the uh, scripture more, understand the context in which we're reading it. And so um, hopefully... This is helpful to the adults as well. Um, so for me, there's several things that I, I kind of broke it down into, um, starting in First Thessalonians um, 13 through 17. And so basically I have, uh, there's a heavenly hope. Um, there's heavenly order. It's a heavenly return, heavenly reminder. And then, uh, then finally our heavenly reward. And we'll see that in both chapter four and chapter five. Um, starting at verse 13 and 14, it says, but I will have you not to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Uh, this these first two verses remind me a lot of. Matter of fact, when I started reading it, I started thinking about what my mom would tell us as we were um, growing up. She was saying that um, if your friends know Jesus and they die or they die at a young age, when you go to the funeral, you don't have to worry about crying hard. It's not um, saying that you don't. You're not. Um, that you're not mourning, you're not sorrowful, but you don't have to worry about crying and screaming and yelling and doing all the things that, that normally occur when you're at a funeral. Um, we have a great hope that we will we'll see our loved ones again. We have a great hope that, um, that Jesus, uh, that they're in the presence of Jesus. But she, she always had that little contrast. But if... <laughs> If they didn't know Jesus, if they died in their sins, not acknowledging and repenting and accepting Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, she said, scream as loud as you can, jump, <laughs> jump in the coffin, <laughs> hug them, kiss them. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, I seen a video where they had kind of carried the coffin around and they went to this bar where the person used to go and they go to this other place and don't do anything. Just just celebrate until <laughs> just celebrate and celebrate until you bury him. But that right there is no hope at all. So for verse 13 and verse 14 of first Thessalonians chapter four, I said we have a heavenly hope because that hope is the assurance that we will see Christ. The assurance that all the work that he did um will truly, truly be manifested when we see him. And, and verse 14 just basically talks about this. It says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So we have a heavenly hope. And I really, really like that verse because when I first started reading this, I always thought about what my mom said. And she would say, we not gonna, we'll cry, but we're not going <laughs> to scream and we're not going to be jumping in the coffin. We have this hope that is so great that the one who came before us, Jesus, died and rose again. And if we believe that, we too will do the same thing. 
And then not only is there heavenly hope, there's a heavenly order. Um, verses 15 through 18, it says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, angel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall do what? Rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. <laughs> so the dead, those who died, <laughs> are going to go first. And then we which are here will um, come after them. Um, I don't know whether to say like, oh, God just God just a fair God, but God is just um, and God has God from the beginning of time has always had order and God has never been out of order. Humans, we are <laughs> constantly and many times always out of order, but our God is never out of order. And in here we see how he has order that those who died in Christ will sin first. And then we going to follow them. There's no kind of, you know what, the best one's going to go first or this one go first or the one that had the most money go first or the first one that got here at 6 a.m. in the morning or, or the first one waiting in the line for the shoes or the, or it, 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 the ones that die first are going to go first. And then we, which are still remaining, will catch up with them. But I continue to like the words and we continue to see this over and over. And verse 18 said, wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. And so it basically tells us that when these things happen, those who are dead, look, this is your comfort. This is what you should be comforting, be comforted with. And it goes back to the heavenly hope. And it goes back to every time when I think about when someone dies, did they know Jesus? Did they know Jesus? And I'll be honest, uh, um, I used to just cringe. I remember my friend was riding in the uh, in the van with us. And my mom was like, does he know Jesus? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, not right now. Don't, don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't tell him. Don't tell him now. Wait. She said, does he know Jesus? You know, <laughs> and she gets louder. And, <laughs> and then she started to tell my, my close friend, Will, about Jesus. And then I found myself years later riding in the car with him, just me and him, saying, do you know Jesus? And the reason being is because when or if they die, we can be reminded of the fact that we have hope that we will see them again. Yeah. And not only that we will see him again, there's going to be a heavenly order. God is going to do it the way that he has said that he would do it. As always, he's no shorter than his word. And so we are comforted by the fact that we will see them again. That I don't (laughs) we don't have to worry about that. It's just certain people will be like, you know, if they die, you know, I'll cry at the funeral, but we'll be I'll be okay after the funeral knowing that. They'll be all right. Um, and there's some people where it's just be like, man, it might be some screaming at that funeral. <laughs> it might be some nail prints and everything in that coffin because we don't know. Yeah. Moving into 
First Thessalonians chapter five, um, verse one. But of the times and the season, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them and travail upon a woman with child, for they shall not escape. <clears throat> I'll read through that one more time. But of the times and of the season, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon, a, upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Not only do we have a heavenly hope, heavenly order, but we have heavenly return. We know that Christ is going to return. It's going to be like a thief in the night. Um, and when he returns, the believers, and we'll see that when we go down in verse four, the believers shouldn't be surprised because we should have we should have been looking the whole time. <laughs> should have been looking the whole time. I, I, I do not like when I always hear these predictions. Oh, well, the time of the Lord is coming. Time of the Lord. Jesus coming any day now. And I just believe that we've been saying that for a very long time, <laughs> that he's getting ready to come. But that does not mean that we shouldn't look and get ourselves ready for his return. That's right. Because his return might be his return for us. <laughs> and I don't know, some, some days I get out of the bed and I'm just like, man, <laughs> I don't know how much longer I have to live. That, that little cramp in my toe really hurt today. <laughs> 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 this pain in my side. I don't know what it is. It's just when I go to the doctor, I just pray that it's not anything <laughs> that they say, well, you got a tumor. Well, this can't, that little, when I can't stop my eye from twitching, I, I hope my nervous system isn't breaking down. And I, I mean, there's just so many different things that we don't know about that we really think that we have control of. But if we are truly looking for Christ's return, then we're, it's not going to catch us by surprise. And I like all the different things it says because it says both of the times and the season, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Times and seasons. We always, um, our whole life is scheduled by times and by seasons. And um, we know what time to get up because it's time for work. We know what time to, to go out because there's a certain time we have to be somewhere. We know that in the summer, you're not wearing a big jacket, even though the kids do it today, which I do not understand. <laughs> but <laughs> we're not wearing a big jacket in the summer. And if we do, we're thinking something's wrong with somebody. We wear a big jacket when it's cold. We wear, a, we, But all of these different things, we try to calculate and we try to just be ready for them. But when Christ comes, we need to just have our eyes and our mind and his word and constantly obeying and doing what he called us to do so that we are ready for his return, even though we don't know when he will return. Verse four said, brethren, but ye brethren are not in darkness that ye should over that, that that day shall overtake you as a thief. Ye are children. Ye are all the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And so here's our heavenly reminder. Our heavenly reminder is that we are not in the dark. 
We are in the light. If we turn the light on in our house, we see everything that we need to see. When the lights are turned off, there are certain things that we might bump into that can harm us or that will hurt us. Um, I'm constantly reminded of uh, Sister Mackie. Uh, she told me a story and she was talking about how she used to have a table uh, or something that she would have by her window. Um, and she woke up one morning and she had moved that table and she said that she went to go put all of her weight on it. And she missed it because it wasn't there and she fell and she hurt herself because she was in the dark. But we are in the light and therefore nothing should surprise us, even with what's going on today. There shouldn't be no surprise. And it's always amazing when Christians are like, ah, I can't believe this is going on. Be like, you did you start at Genesis and end in Revelation yet? Like. This it didn't even take long to get through Genesis. I mean, just get to the first 12 chapters and you're going to see a lot of different things that are going on today. Mm-hmm. You miss something and therefore it shouldn't catch us by surprise. And therefore we are reminded of these things that in verse four, that we are not of darkness and that it shouldn't overtake us as a thief. We put alarms on our doors. Um, we got alarms on our cars. And therefore, if something, someone opens the door or kicks the door, we hear the noise. the noise. And therefore, we don't read our word. And therefore, our heavenly reminders are not turning on when we start to see these things and hear these things. We're missing out. And therefore, it should be on. And therefore, ye are children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. And I, I kind of just take all these things back, these heavenly reminders back to if we're reading our word, if we're studying, if we're praying, we're not caught off guard at all. Not caught off guard. And even you just I think if we go to Romans one, we'll see everything that we're seeing today. You just go through Romans one and then you see everything we're seeing today. But we shouldn't be caught off guard. Moving into verse 7 on to verse 10, and we'll close out, and I'll let Brother Dave probably have some more things that he can say. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. In these closing um, verses, I just have a heavenly reward. Christ is our reward. Christ is what we long to see. Christ is who is living inside of us. Christ is the one who is helping us live the way we live today. Um, as some of you know, like my car uh, messed up this weekend, I had to take it into the dealership and I went in and I asked them certain things and I said, hey, this is under warranty. This is this is that. And I'm telling them all these different things. And I said, well, um, what's going on? And it's like, well, we'll tell you when you come back and I come back or I call actually. And it was like, uh, sorry, I forgot to call you. Or I was like, you should have called me like when 
this next step happened. Well, today we're not going to look at it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Said, <laughs> started getting mad. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to leave it alone. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. Let me not blame them. And the second day I called back and they say, um, well, we moved it to another department because we found out that this whatever that came up on the screen is diagnosed this way. So we got to move it to another department. And I said, OK, well, just call me when you do what you need to do. Um, no call. So I was like, you know, I'm going to drive there this time. <laughs> I get there and I, I'm mad. Like, this is the first time in a long time where I'm like, I won't put my hands on somebody. And then I reflect and I was like, Lord, <laughs> what am I supposed to do in this moment? What am I? Am I a child of the light? Do I just grab this guy from behind the counter and just. <laughs> <laughs> am I reflecting something that is inside of me or am I. I don't know what's going to happen with the situation, but. <laughs> The Lord is going to have to help me through it. And if he's inside of me and if I know I have to see him, mm-hmm. I know I have to see him and I know I have to meet him. There's a certain way in which I should be living right now in order to enjoy the reward of seeing him. Right. We're going to bow down. We're going to place crowns before him. And I don't want to lose a crown <laughs> for a, a moment mm-hmm. where I just let my emotions get the best of me. Mm-hmm. Christ is our reward. <clears throat> and it is told to us that there are so many different things that we must do. And therefore, these things that are normally taking the, the individuals in the dark out of the normal one, taking the ones, the individuals that are in the dark, taking them by surprise should not take us by surprise at all. We cannot be surprised by these things that happen. God, matter of fact, we all know it said all things work together for the good, for the good. And therefore, if it's bad, it's working out for our good because Christ is taking some stuff off of us and putting some things in us so that we can continue to look more and more and more like him. So we can continue to act. More and more and more and more like him. And so therefore, when we see our hope going all the way back to verse 13, when we see our hope, which is in Christ and we see our reward, which is Christ, we will receive these other things. But Christ is the one we're going to worship. Christ is the one we're going to adore. Christ is the one where we bow down and we are going to be grateful and thankful that we don't aren't like the um, like the um, the I'm trying to think of him. The, the rich man, the rich ruler that says, can you send somebody back <laughs> to tell, <laughs> send someone back. Now he's, he's in, he in, in hell trying to tell the gospel. <laughs> can you send someone back? Can you send someone back? Tell them like, don't come here. <laughs> Live poor your whole life. Just know Jesus. Because <laughs> Lazarus lived, <laughs> he lived poor his whole life. And he's in Abraham's bosom and he is comforted. And we too will have our reward and we will be comforted. So one, there's a heavenly hope in verses 13 through 14 that we don't have to cry like the world. We don't have to act like the world when someone dies. Matter of fact, we don't even have to get the T-shirts. Uh-huh. <laughs> we don't even have to get the uh, <laughs> we don't have to get the tattoos. 
All we have to say is that they know Jesus and I'm going to see them again. So that 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 shirt with them with the wings of an angel on it, we don't have to worry about it because angels might not even look like that when we get to heaven. But we know that they will be in heaven because they accepted Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. And they it said if he died and rose again, they also will rise again. <clears throat> Secondly, there's a heavenly order. We know that the ones that die first are going to be the ones that see God first, see Christ first. Now, that don't mean that we just jump off a cliff just to see Jesus. That's not what that means. <laughs> but it does mean that God is just God has an order. He always has order. Everything he does is about order. And why not have order when we die? He has an order that those who die first are going to ascend first and we which are still here will be caught up with them. There's a heavenly return. We don't know the time. We don't know when Jesus is going to return, but we should be yearning. We should be waiting. We should be ready and we should be prepare ourselves for his return. Yeah. The heavenly reminders that we should be working. We should remember that we are of the light, that we should remember that God has called us and that we are not in the darkness anymore. And then last but not least, our work, our hope will all link us to our heavenly reward, which is in closing in verse 10. It said, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him, that we will be together with him. He made a promise to us and our promise will be fulfilled when we see him. Amen. Dear God, thank you, Father, for your word, dear God, Father. Thank you that you leave us not... Ignorant, dear Lord, but you give us, dear Lord, reminders, dear Lord. You give us constant reminders, dear Lord, that you will return for us, dear Lord. And we thank you, dear Lord, that even in death, dear Lord, you take care of us, dear Lord. That you care so much about us, dear Lord, Father, that you sent your son to die for us, dear Lord, to be an example for us, dear Lord. And dear Lord, Father, not only just to die, dear Lord, he got up from the grave, dear Lord, that we would have hope, dear Lord. Dear Lord, that you will return for us. And dear Lord, that your word, dear Lord, is true. And that, dear Lord, Father, we can trust you, dear Lord, from, from life, dear Lord, all the way to death. So I ask that you may bless this lesson, dear Lord, and bless those, Father, who heard it, dear Lord. So I ask that you may continue, dear Lord, to build us up and strengthen us, that you may receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.